Well, anyways, today we're, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, youth and children's ministry. Uh, so we're in the middle of this series called Why? And in this series called Why, we're talking about like why the church does the things that we do right? Like, why do we pray? Why do we preach? Why do we read the Bible? Why, like different things that we do. Uh, why do we worship, right? So the different things that we do as a church. And one thing that we do as a church is our ministry to the next generation, right? And I look at this picture right here, and this is us uh, at the end of summer camp last year. Uh, and so it, a group of kids who just had an amazing week, a lot of fun, but a week where they encounter the Holy Spirit. And I look at this picture right here and the smiles on their faces and I just think, that's it. Like, I could put down my mic and walk off and just like, this is why we do youth ministry right here, right? Like, this is it. Um, I mean, these, these young people, they, they mean the world to me. Um, you, guys will, you guys can probably tell, right? I'm really passionate about this. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, my entire life, I've worked in youth ministry, right? I did camp ministry for a bunch of years. I've worked at other churches as a youth pastor. Like, this is my life. This is what I love doing, right? And so I'm going to be very passionate about this um, today as we speak. But one of those, uh, one, a couple of caveats I want to throw out there, okay? One, when you hear me use the term youth ministry, okay, I am talking about like children's ministry all the way up into youth ministry, all the way up even really honestly into adulthood, right? So if you look up the term adolescent or adolescence, uh, what you're going to see is that runs from like brand new you know, baby that was just born, like my four and a half month old back there in the back row, right? All the way up through people who are about 25 or 26 years old are even considered adolescents, right? So Ethan, I know you said you feel like you have the bones of a 60-year-old man, but you're still technically kind of right there on that, uh, the end of adolescence, right? So, so truthfully, guys, like, and, and this is, and we're, what we're going to talk about today is why youth ministry is important. And, and remember, when I use that term, youth ministry, I'm not excluding children's ministry, right? Uh, youth ministry, <laughs> yeah, he belongs right there, right? He belongs right there. He's part of this group, right? Um, I'm not excluding children's ministry. and I'm not excluding, like, you know, college age, young adulthood. That's all kind of under this envelope, obviously, when I say youth ministry, like people think of like 6th to 12th grade typically with that terminology, but today I'm using that as an encompassing word uh, to kind of cover it all, and obviously that's my focus is 6th through 12th grade, right? That's kind of my passion and, and what I want to do with my life, but as I talk, just ignore the fact that I'm using that as my term, because uh, that's what I resonate with, and, and just know that that applies to kids all the way up uh, through really about that age of 25, 26 years old. So that's the first caveat. Second one is my wife uh, wanted everyone to know this morning that if she gets up and walks out in the middle of me speaking, that it's not because I'm doing a bad job. Uh, it's because our baby might need to be changed or is crying or is hungry or something like that, right? So anyways, just that, that gives her a little pass as she gets up and walks out on me. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's, um, Let's go ahead and get started with this message. Uh, I do want to pray for us uh, before we get started, and I think that's a great place to start, right? So uh, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for the ability to worship you. Um, that's something we, we, we sometimes can take for granted, but there are Christians around this world right now 
that are worshiping you in secret this morning, uh, that, that don't have the freedoms that we have. And we thank you for that freedom to like boldly and proudly worship you. Um, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that you're a God that makes all things new. We thank you for what you do in our lives on a daily basis and, uh, and how no day is the same because you always make things new. God, we thank you for these young people in this front, row, front for you rows here. And we thank you that you are using them to shape the future of your church, God. We love you. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you guys are all familiar with the children's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, right? You guys know that, right? So it's like Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, you know, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Yep, Jesus loves the little children of the world. And then there's Jesus loves me, right? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, right? What? <laughs> and then why does he love you? The Bible tells me so, right? So what I could do right now is I could literally just say, why do children's ministry? Why do youth ministry? Because the Bible tells me to, right? Because obviously they are precious in his sight. Young people are precious in his sight. And I could sit there and just say that and be like, that's it, right? That's what we do. And honestly, that would probably be fine, right? But what I want to do is I do want to look at what the Bible says about young people, what the Bible says about how we should teach our children and, uh, and go into that. But first, I do want to show you this slide here, this next slide. Uh, so the word child is used in the Bible 594 times when you do a search for child. When you do a search for children, that comes up 459 times. When you do a search for youth, 59 times. Right? Okay, so, you know, youth is a little bit less. That's okay. But generation or generations comes up 154 times. So obviously this is something, when you add all that up together, it's over a thousand times these things are mentioned. This is something that's very, very important in the Bible, right? Like clearly this is something that the writers of the Bible were focused on. And I want to read a couple of passages this morning with you guys, uh, go into these passages uh, and just kind of look at what different writers in the Bible had to say about children and about future generations. So let's look at Deuteronomy 6 here. You guys might be able to read that. It's a little bit small, um, but I'll, uh, I'll read it out loud for us. So Deuteronomy 6 says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe it in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk, walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So obviously these commands that the Lord gives them 
They're saying this is pretty important, right? Like we want, we want you to teach these to future generations. How are they going to know these commands? They're going to know them because you taught them to them, right? That, that's what this whole passage is about. You need to make sure that you are leaving that impression on your kids, right? And we could take this, this verse and apply it towards just the home, right? Parents do this for your kids, and that is absolutely what we need to do. But the reason we do youth ministry is that we take parents in the home and we partner them with a community of believers that they live with, right? And we work together as a youth ministry and as a, ho- a home to raise our kids in the truth that we see in the Bible, right? That's, that's the whole purpose of what we do in youth ministry. It's not this, this separate little thing, this separate little, little church, its own little church within a church or something, right? It's part of the ministry that we do as the body of Christ here, right? Uh, and, and every youth ministry has this, right? You have, there are going to be uh, students that are in our youth group that their parents are part of this community. And there's going to be students in our youth group that their parents are not part of this community, right? That happens. And that, and that is something that our job and our responsibility as a youth ministry is to reach this entire city, this entire town. We want to reach all of the young people in this area, right? As many as we can get in here. And that's our goal. And so the idea, though, is that our church and the people that are here at this church are supporting that endeavor, right? We want to raise up the, the ones that are in our body, and we want to reach this, this community, reach this city, right? And so, so again, when you read this Deuteronomy 6, a lot of people, you can interpret that as being just like, hey, parents, teach your kids this. But the Israelites had a, a very unique community. If you look back at history, the Israelites were, uh, it, was, it was very important to them that they spent time together as a community, right? Uh, they, they, were, they were probably a little bit better at this than even we are. Uh, and you got to remember, they had traveled through the desert together for 40 years, right? So their whole idea of like your home was, was probably something they didn't really hold on to very hard, right? Because they were all just kind of like had these tents that they were living in in the middle of the desert and... The idea of a home to them was probably not, you know, not something that we would think of as like the four walls of our house, right? So, uh, and also if you look at history with the Israelites, they had a community, and even today, if you look at, um, you know, like the, the Israelite community, uh, the, the, you know, the Jewish community in our own culture, they're very, very involved in their community. They spend a lot of time together, uh, and they have classes that they teach young people as they raise them up. So, again, this is something that has happened in our history all the way back to the very beginning, and we see that right here in Deuteronomy 6, right? So uh, it's kind of set the precedence for us on how we should, you know, treat the future generations, how we should train them up in the Lord. Uh, then we got Joel 1. <coughs> you guys, bear with me, by the way. I, I woke up this morning uh, somehow with like a like frog in my throat or something. I'm like, my throat's really hurting, so if I have to stop and drink water or get out a cough drop, just bear with me as I do that. Actually, as I do that right now, I'm going to do that right now. So... Um, so Joel 1 says, hear this, you elders, listen, all who live in the land, has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. Um, that sounds familiar to you. It's probably because you've heard this song on K-Love called The Blessing. 
And uh, so they, and your children, and their children, right, yeah, so like that's, uh, that's obviously, um, they're, they're, they literally are singing scripture when they sing that, right? So, uh, so tell it to your children, and let your children tell to their children, and their children to the next generation. That's what youth ministry is, guys, right? We are telling it to our children so that they're going to tell it to their children, and their children are going to tell it to their children, and it's this like exponential factor. The more and more that they tell their children, then the future children are going to hear it from their children, right? And it just, it's, it's this, this generational thing that's supposed to happen. And so when we ask that question, why do we minister to the next generation? This is why, right? Because if we don't raise them up in this, then their generation is not going to know that truth. They're not going to live in that truth, right? And so, they, I mean, it, it is seriously one of the most important things that we can do when we're thinking about the viability of the church, right? Is to make sure that these young people know this truth and live in this truth. And that hopefully one day when they are adults, that they're the leaders, right? That they're the ones that are teaching their children, right? That's what youth ministry is. Um, so those are two Old Testament passages that I picked out. Obviously, with all those thousands of times that these words are mentioned, in the Bible, I could have picked multiple passages. I picked those two from the Old Testament. And then I picked two from the New Testament. Actually, three. We'll have one later. Um, Mark 9. So, verse 33, it says, They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, they, he asked them, What are you arguing about on the road? What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest, Right? That's a little argument. I'm I'm better than you. I'm I'm more important than you are, right? I think we do that a lot as as people in our church, right? We kind of get into that comparison game, and it doesn't really get you anywhere, right? Verse 35 says, Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. I think Josh actually used this in a sermon a few weeks ago. Uh, So this is a obviously a verse where Jesus is teaching a real truth, but then he follows that up, right? In verse 26, it says, he took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me, right? And so this is like, this is something that is right there in Jesus's, like, this is his heart, Right? Jesus says, when you welcome one of these kids in, when you minister to one of these kids, you are doing it to me, and you're doing it to my father. You are ministering to me. Like, he literally says that, right? Whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. And whoever welcomes these little children welcomes me, right? It's it's, it's this idea that when we minister to these young people, to the kids back there in the nursery, uh, to the kids that are upstairs right now in our children's ministry, when we do this, we are literally doing this for and to Jesus and to our God in heaven, right? This is what, what Jesus tells us in Mark 9. Earlier, uh, I had to go back and, and change Lucy, right? Um, my four and a half month old. And uh, she hates a, a wet diaper. Like she just like, she loses her mind if she gets a wet diaper. So I went back and I changed her. And when I went back to change her, I just kind of like, you know, peeked in at what they were doing in the, in the nursery back there. And Patty and Maddie, right, were back there. And they were dancing and singing with the little kids, right, with the, the kids in the nursery. They're in the nursery 
Like, honestly, we could probably just phone it in and go in there and change diapers and just let them run around and be crazy and whatever. But that's not what we do at our church, right? From, from the time they're little babies, we're raising them up to hear the name of Jesus, to praise his holy name, right? That's what we do in this church, right? And that's what we do in churches across this nation and across this world because it was important to Jesus, right? And it should be important to us too. Mark 10 tells us, uh, Jesus kind of goes on. This is like the very next chapter, right? In Mark 10, verse 13, it says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And so what I think a lot of people kind of like, they're like, disciples, what are you thinking, right? And like, honestly, Jesus was probably really tired and they're probably like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> like, let's give him a break, guys. You know, he's, he's really tired. And Jesus basically says, no, I'm not going to do that. So verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. And in this moment, when Jesus was probably really tired, when Jesus probably had every excuse in the world to like retreat and go lay down for a while, right? Jesus says, no, like I am, I, I care about these, these little kids so much. I want to bless them and I want to pray for them and, and place hands on them. And he takes time to do that because it's important to Jesus, right? So like, again, why do youth ministry? Because it's important to Jesus. Like it's important to him. <clears throat> so, it's clear that children and teenagers are important to God, right? And that's, that's pretty clear based off of reading scripture. Uh, and it's clear that we're called to train them up in the right way. That's what we're supposed to do. It's important to him, and it's something that we are called to do. And that's a, that's a truth. In college, I read this book, and I'm going to put it up there, a picture of the, the cover of the book. It's called Disciples Are Made, Not Born. And this was like a required reading that I had for a class, uh, and it talks a lot about the Great Commission, right? We all know the Great Commission, or, or most of us do. If you don't, I'm going to throw it up there. This is, um, it's in a few different places in Scripture, but I'm going to put it up from Matthew 28. And in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So the key word here, as you guys see, it's highlighted, and it's in all caps, and it's bold, right, is make. And that's why this, this book called Disciples Are Made, Not Born, is super, super important. Because this concept of making disciples is what we are called to do, right? And we're called, as you see here um, in the verse in Matthew 28, we're called to do it to all people, right? baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it says, make disciples of all nations. And that word nation kind of refers to the idea of all people groups, right? Some translations actually even use that. And when you're talking about people groups, you're not just talking about like people from different countries, right? And it does refer to ethnicities and, and countries of origin, going to the ends of the earth to reach people. But it also talks about how we need to make disciples of all ages, right? I mean, of, of all, when you think of diversity, 
and all the different factors that go into diversity, we are called to reach all people, right? All people, not just certain people. And in this case, for youth ministry, obviously, I think we're called to reach people from all ages, right? And we're called to make disciples in all ages. So this is really important to me, and here's why. Most of the time, becoming a disciple of Jesus doesn't happen when someone is already in their adulthood. If they have not become a disciple of Jesus, by the time they are 30, then they are not likely to become a disciple of Jesus. So according to the Barna Group, only 6% of adult Christians made their decision to follow God after the age of 18. Okay, so that means 94% of all people who are actively Christians made their decision to follow Jesus uh, before they turned 18. Like before they're done with high school, they knew they were going to be a follower of Christ, right? Um, this study here, I think they, this was a study where they surveyed like a couple hundred people. So it wasn't a lot of people, but what happens here with this survey, and if you look, that purple percentage is people after the age of 30 in the survey that became Christians. So if they interviewed a few hundred people, only 4.7% of them became a Christian after the age of 30, right? Only 11.3% became a Christian between the ages of 20 and 29. And so in this scenario here, when you look at this, we have to understand that it is super, super, super important to reach people before they're done with high school. Like, seriously? Uh, and then if not high school, like at least by the time they're done with college. Because after that, the percentage chance they become a Christian is so low. It's so low. And I know that it does happen, right? And all of us here can probably say that they know someone who became a Christian in, in their 30s or 40s or 50s or even later in life. And that's amazing. But at the end of the day, for someone to become a disciple of Christ, the percentage chance for that to happen, for them to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the absolute highest before the age of 18, right? And even if we look here, and I'm making a case for children's ministry, if you look at before the age of 11, that's almost all of the people who became Christians, right? A few of them became Christians when they were in college, you know, and I'm in, uh, sorry, in, in high school. But ultimately, if you're looking at people from age six or uh, age zero to six, and then up through 11, and you do the math there, that's, a, that's almost an entire majority of that pie there, right? The blue and the orange together. So again, reaching them in their young ages is super, super important. It's important to Jesus, and it should be important to us, right? Uh, this next uh, slide that I have up there, what this does, and again, it was 208 responses. This is the same survey from the previous survey, right? The previous slide that I had up there. So like 208 people, it's not a huge survey, so it doesn't span a lot of people, but this kind of gives us an idea. And what happens is this was one of those check all that apply type of surveys, right? So who had a hand in you coming to Christ? Who had a hand in you starting your relationship with Jesus? Was it your parents? Was it other family members? Children's ministry leaders. Um, Youth ministry leaders, head pastor, Christian friends, or a website or Christian movies, right? As you can see there, that's only like 4.8% of the people who became Christians attributed any of that to any type of media, right? So when you look at it, it's obviously relationships, 
That's what matters for someone coming to Christ. And then when you look at this too, over half of the people surveyed out of these 208 people attributed this to their parents, right? That's why youth ministry is so important that we partner with the home. If we don't partner with the home, then we are not going to make headway, right? Over half of the, the people who became Christians in the survey became Christians because their parents, their parents set that example for them. Um, but then when you look at it here as well, really looking at children's ministry, that's your next highest, next highest category, right? Family members are important. Youth ministry is important. Um, lead pastors, Christian friends, those are all important. But the next highest chunk there is going to be in children's ministry. So again, most of these, these, these kids who uh, accepted Jesus into their life or adults that accepted Jesus into their life would attribute that to the what happened, stuff that happened when they were in children's ministry, like zero through fifth, fifth grade, right? Zero ages, like, you know, zero months old, right? Up through fifth grade. That's when it happened. That's when they met Jesus. And they attribute that to being in the children's ministry at their church or a children's ministry leader that was in their life. So again, honestly, by the time they get to me in sixth to 12th grade, like they, most of them are already Christians. Most of them have already met Jesus, right? Uh, and we still have the, the privilege sometimes to be part of that process. Uh, but most of the time, it's more that we are part of the process of helping continue to make them disciples and not necessarily making them disciples. So Again, when it comes to this idea of children's and youth ministry, it's, it's a partnership between the home and between the church. Okay, so let's ask this question again. Why should the church value youth ministry, children's ministry? Because the Bible makes it clear that God values young people, right? I mean, it, it, it should be clear to us based off of the scripture that we read and then remembering that there were thousands of other scriptures I could have put up there. I spared you from that today. Don't worry. It would have been a lot to read. Uh, but it's clear that the Bible wants us to take care of young people. It values young people. It's also clear the Bible calls us to make disciples of all people groups, right? So those are two really good reasons. Uh, and then a third reason is what, I, what we just talked about, because if they don't become a disciple before age 30, they probably won't. Probably won't. And then number four, and those of you who like three-point sermons, I did this mainly just to annoy you. <laughs> not, re not really. Not really, but I did have a fourth point that I had to get across, and this is honestly, this is honestly one of the most important things, right? And why should we value as a church youth ministry? Because these kids right here, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, they're going to lead our church one day, right? They are going to lead our church one day. They're our future leaders. And if we don't invest our time into them right now, and to the kids that are in the, the children's ministry upstairs, and to the, the little babies that are back in the nursery right now, if we don't invest our time into them, then what does the future of this, of this church hold? Right? Not just this church, but the church, the big church, right? the big C church across our country and across our world. That's why it's important, guys. That's why it's important. So what I want to do now is I want to take some time to uh, talk with a couple of people that are our future leaders in our church, right? So I'm going to throw this picture up here. I want to introduce you 
to Karis and to Devin, okay? And yeah, so, so here's the story. One night after youth group, I left my phone sitting up here like on the podium, right? And I left it sitting there. And what happened was Karis and Devin stole my phone and took a bunch of selfies, right? So when you steal someone's phone and you take selfies, they get put up on the screen eventually at church, right? Hopefully it doesn't embarrass you guys, but I'm gonna give this to you guys here. Uh, so I got some questions that uh, in <laughs> full, <laughs> I love this. Uh, full disclosure, I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did email them these questions ahead of time so they could like think about their answers a little bit, right? I told them, like, don't write anything down. I don't want you to read anything, but just kind of be prepared ahead of time. So, you know, even if you didn't, you guys are going to be put on the spot. It's going to be cool. So, all right. So we're going to start off with some fun questions about your time in youth ministry. Uh, so this one is super silly, but what is your favorite youth group meal? Favorite meal you've had at youth group? You go first. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike. I've never used one of these before. Um, <laughs> probably the ribs and rice balls. Ooh, okay. So JP yeah. and, and Shout Heather. Shout out to JP. Mm -hmm. Shout out to JP and Heather. They made, uh, like, so, you know, he's, uh, he's from Laos, and he makes these really awesome, like, Asian ribs with these, like, little rice balls. Um, really, really good. So, yeah. I would say the Chick-fil-A that we get before Ooh. the youth group car washes, before yes. it goes bad. Yes. Before it's been sitting <laughs> in the sun for three hours. Before it's been sitting in the sun and then it becomes <laughs> dangerous to eat. That's, that's a good one. That's very, yeah, before our car wash or sometimes before some of the events that we do, we'll grab like Chick-fil-A trays. So that's definitely a good one. Good one. All right. So good. What is your favorite game that you've played in youth group or at elemental or camp? Either one. Um, what's your favorite game you've played? Favorite or least favorite? We'll start with favorite. <laughs> we'll start with favorite. We'll get to least favorite, though. Don't worry. What's your favorite game you've played? Um, probably Quidditch at camp. Okay. Quidditch is really fun. So explain Quidditch to them real quick. So for those of you who have read Harry Potter, uh -huh. it's basically just a playoff of the game in those books. It's like a mix of, like, football, basketball, ultimate frisbee. Ultimate like, frisbee. <laughs> a little bit of everything, it's, right? it's everything you can think of. You're basically just throwing balls through hoops. Mm -hmm. and knocking people over so yeah, that's yeah. Much it. it's fun it's fun she's good at quidditch too both of them are actually so. you're not actually flying you know we don't make people like use brooms in it or anything but you know it's fun it's cool what's your favorite game Devin? I was going to say Quidditch, but she stole my answer <laughs> you can say so that too. I think my second favorite is probably giant multiple soccer where they play <laughs> soccer and like it's sort of there's like giant end zones and they get massive uh, what are they called? Yoga balls. Mm -hmm. And there's like four of them on the field at the same time. And, and you end up just like knocking people over by accident. And <laughs> like <laughs> no, huge you balls can't be good like or bad at that game. So it's just <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good one. That's a fun one. All right. Least favorite. What's your least favorite game? Mine is really easy. I, so <laughs> Luke loves to play this dumb game <laughs> called, <laughs> called, <laughs> called Serpents and Saints. Mm -hmm. where, oh, I thought Where one... <laughs> If you're a serpent, you have to try to like. To <laughs> All right, serpents. If you're a serpent, you have to eliminate the other people by winking at them. But I don't know how to wink, and he always makes me. He always makes me a serpent, so I never, I can never play and never win. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can we, can we get a demonstration of you winking? No, no, we're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do that. It's okay. really funny because whenever Devin's a serpent, she'll be looking at you, trying to kill you, and she's just. She's like. <laughs> That's a wink. You're dead. It's funny. 
It really <laughs> is. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I, I try to limit the amount of times that I play that because I don't want you to hate it, but it is something that we do play often. So, All right. What's your least favorite game? I have two. Okay. So one of them is this game that Luke makes us play whenever there's a new person that comes to youth group, and it is probably the worst game to introduce somebody to. It's called Big Booty. Yeah! <laughs> Big Booty. The very first time I was talking to this guy and I invited him to youth group, and then Luke says, we're all going to play Big Booty, and I have to sit there and sing this song in front of this guy that I liked. And Hold he did on. not come to youth group after that. <laughs> he didn't come back, but you know what? I don't attribute that just to Big Booty, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, can can we... It's not. It's nothing to do with actual booties. Can we show them real quick how you play? Just, just like, just the song. Just the song. Come on, we can do it. We can do it. Come on, I can do it. I can do it with you guys. Like, even the youth that are out here right now, let's do it together. Ready? Let's speed run it. Let's Ready? Big booty, big booty, big booty. Oh yeah. Big booty. Big booty, big booty, big booty. Oh yeah. Big booty. All right, so. That you start off with that, and then you go through this whole thing where you like throw it back and forth to people. So like, if I'm big booty, I'd be like big booty number three, and then number three would be like number three, number six, right? And so you just kind of do this whole thing back and forth. And if you mess up and you can't stay on cadence, you're out, right? So it's just a silly little game, you know. It has nothing to do with actual booties. What was your second one? Oh, human foosball. Ooh, this that's was, a camp. This is a camp game. It didn't work. <laughs> it it work. just it didn't work. It just ended yeah. up with everyone kicking giant yoga balls at each other. There's no organization whatsoever and at least three concussions. Yes. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The concussions definitely happened with that one. I remember that. All right. Um so that's favorite and least favorite game. Let's talk about youth group events. What event at youth group do you look forward to the most every year? It's okay if you say I know what you're gonna say. It's okay. Camp, camp, right? For both of you? For you, Devin, is that yours? Yeah. Probably camp. Camp is awesome. Tell me, tell me a little bit of why you guys love camp. Like, what are some things you love about it? Go ahead, Garris. I could talk about camp for hours. I know you could. Um, really, it's just a lot about, like, the relationships you build there, I think, and everything. Um, everyone there is just so fun, so nice. It's such a welcoming environment, and it's just nice. You know, everyone there has, like, you know, this one big thing in common, it's focusing on the main thing, you know, worship and everything, but then it's also super fun with all these people your age, you're having games and everything. So just the environment is, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I would say, like, it's really cool getting to see all of these, like, they're all, it's all Christian teens getting together and forgetting about the world a little bit, yeah. leaving your phone behind, mm-hmm. um, and we're all there for the same purpose, and I think that's just, like, really, really cool. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, so. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but it's also kind of what you're getting out of that week, right, with that fellowship that you have with other Christians your age. So that's, that's awesome, guys. All right, at camp, and I knew it was going to be camp. That's why I asked this next question. So at camp, what has been your favorite team name that you've ever been on at camp? Oh, our first year, probably. What was the team name? Me and Devin were on the same team first year. It was, okay. So there's eight different teams, and they're all color teams, so you basically do your name off based off of the color. We were the blue team. Yep. We did Deja Blue. Deja Blue. Okay. That was a really good one. I think the funniest one I think I've ever been, I was on red team and (laughs) nobody was creative at all. So usually you do like a play on words and instead my entire team just decided to be called Canada (laughs) and and that was it. And it was, it was, (laughs) and we also make flags for the teams. And so they had just like a Canada flag, right? So yeah, it was, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. All right. Um, what is your favorite camp meal? So we had youth group meals, but what is your favorite camp meal? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I really like the, I like wing the, night. <laughs> I like the wings. Wing um, night. I wish I would have put that picture up there. It was actually in our uh, anniversary video that we showed you guys a few weeks back, right? There was like these these kids decided they were just gonna together try to eat like I don't know like five hundred wings or something. They they had a whole plate of wings on their table, like or like eight plates, eight and like piled up plates of wings. It was like wing bones after they got done eating them. It was pretty crazy, pretty crazy. So, okay, cool. Those are the fun questions. So time for some more serious questions, all right? And don't make me cry with any of these answers, please. Uh, the first question is, what are some of the reasons that you keep coming back to youth group every week? <laughs> um, so I've been in the church for quite some time. <laughs> True pastor's kid answer, yeah. Um, but when my parents very first planted this church we were very small you know we were still meeting at our house we were going back and forth from like gyms and schools meeting you know how like a starting church does well in this time i was very young couldn't drive myself yet so i would have to go an hour early for like setup stay an hour later for takedown it was a lot for a seven-year-old kid and so um and i didn't have anyone else my age to connect with at this time because of how small our church was and i would tell my parents i would say I just, I'm not having fun at church. I'm just bored. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't have anyone my age to connect to. And I just didn't relate at all to like anything that was going on. And now I've like realized now that we've like built up like this community in our church that we have now, it is genuinely like such a privilege to have a youth group. And I don't even go like, obviously, yes, I go in order to like learn about Jesus and everything. But the fact that I'm able to connect to other people around my age and experience that same thing with other people is something that like is so meaningful to me, not having anyone, any kids in church for like oh, a little bit of my life. Amen. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was kind of trying to say something similar. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I really like going because it's, it's a close, we have a close-knit group um, and it's really, really cool to see how everybody kind of, deals with the same problems. There are, everybody has like our different problems, but we're all working towards the same goal, I guess. Um, coming from different places, but also coming together at church. And I do really like our youth leaders. Um, I think it's <laughs> awesome that we have so many. Um, and I know each and every one of them, I could go talk, talk to them about anything and they would help me or even just sit there and listen if I didn't want any help. Um, so I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that's just, just a really like cool part of it is that there's really really close-knit group that I can just go talk to about anything and learn about anything together amen that's good that's good all right so what are some lessons that you've learned during your time in youth group that you will never forget that's a big one that's a big one okay so <sighs> there's a few but um I remember one of the first things that like when Luke came he was really good about making sure that we all understood that like we are, and I know Leah uses this term a lot, but there's no like junior Holy Spirit and we deal with the same God that everybody else does and we are have the same similar, similar, if not the same uh, relationships. And Luke is really big on like, uh, we are just as capable as anybody else. And um, I remember you were telling us about how like Peter and a lot of the disciples were all teenagers too. Yeah. So just like, I think that was really cool for him to kind of validate us, yeah. I guess, and our, our, our abilities and why it's important for us to learn. Mm -hmm. 
And then another really, we kind of are re-talking about this a little bit, but when Luke first came, one of his first ever, like, uh, was it lessons was um, on how the Holy Spirit will communicate with us and how he answers prayers. And he has three answers, <laughs> according to Luke, um, <laughs> which is yes, no, and not yet. And um, I really like learning, uh, learning how God can, I guess, um, He's always moving, even if it doesn't feel like it. When we're in like the Christian lows and it feels like there's nobody around or there's nobody here to help us, God is there even in his like supposed absence. When we feel like he's not there, yeah. his answer may, like if we're praying and we're praying and he's, it seems like we're not getting an answer, the answer just might be not yet. Mm-hmm. Or it might be a yes, but we sometimes miss it or don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like my two really, really big ones Amen. from you group. Thanks, Devin. Um, mine is definitely more of like a vineyard concept that I, I've always heard, but I never really understood it. But the fact that the church is not the building, it's the people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you probably know that we've like, you know, been searching for a new building for a while. And like, I feel like we kind of like hyper fixate on that a lot. That like mm-hmm. how many chairs we have in the room, how many people are in the room, but it's just about the people that are in the room. Yeah. Um, I learned this specifically I, like last summer, I went to plenty of, you know, conferences and, you know, youth retreats, everything like that. I was out of town almost the entirety of the summer. But, um, <laughs> but this one trip, it was called Project Timothy, and it was um, mainly, it was more directed to uh, leaders and like a leadership conference kind of for like kids my age. And it was just really cool to see um, I had always kind of had that Christian stereotype of kids in my mind, like, oh, Christians aren't cool, Christian, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, I went to this conference, and I remember hearing one of these teenagers, like, give a sermon, and I was like, wow, like, I had never, like, heard a sermon like this, and like, I had never been able to connect to this sermon like this ever because it was just someone my age it could have just been that I had a crush on the guy but (laughs) most likely it was the fact that it was a teenager (laughs) but um really it's just the fact that (laughs) the community that the church gives like even just going to camp and everything it's like I always used to be like oh wow like I have so much fun at camp oh but I also have so much fun at winter retreat and I never really connected it in my mind that hey, like, there's something that, like, ties all of these events together, and it's the fact that we're all in search of, like, this one common thing, and it's, like, it's not going to camp that makes it fun. It's not going to winter retreat that makes it fun. It's the people that I'm spending it with and what we're doing together that makes it fun, and you can find that anywhere. It doesn't have to be in a specific building. That's why community is so important in church. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll give Karis and Devin a hand. Thank you guys so much. You guys can head back. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I did. I had one more question. I didn't even, I forgot to ask you. I totally forgot it. Um, this one's actually really important. You guys are seniors, right? You're graduating soon. And this is the one that I hope you don't make me cry with. So if you had to give one piece of advice to these middle schoolers here, what would you tell to them? What would you tell them? So this might sound like crazy, like cheesy, but genuinely like YOLO. Like, <laughs> have f- <laughs> like have fun, experience it, make it count, be safe, but have fun, 
get involved I would say one of like I love working with like the kids upstairs and the nursery in the back even whether it's in school and church get involved and genuinely just live your own life don't live for other people and you will have the best time is what I would say amen amen <laughs> no, that's a that's fine. That's a good one. I'm sure you got something great to say. You got this. I guess I would just say like try to be true to yourself mm. in everything you do and true to what who God calls you to be. Yeah. Because especially as you get older, like people start to make um decisions that you might not necessarily be called to do. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of different things like different things you'll be exposed to that try to push you away from, especially in like today's society, there's so much trying to push you away from um, God and Jesus and everything. And I think just trying to stay true to what you believe, regardless of what the people around you will say about you or to you. Um, and <laughs> Ava's, I don't can't tell if she's laughing at me or trying <laughs> to encourage me, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think just, just, honest, just, just be very honest with yourself. And like Kara said, have fun, um, but <laughs> be safe. Be responsible. <laughs> be responsible. Good. Well, thank you guys so much. Again, give them another hand. That that was the last one. I promise. Um. So, I guys, I'm I'm so proud of of all of these kids, right? But yeah, like we got we got some seniors that are going to be graduating, and uh, it is um, man. It, I'm going to tell you guys right now when we get up to that point where it's time to. Uh, you know, promotion Sunday, camp this year, all those things. I know I'm going to like ugly cry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm preparing myself for it now. So uh, we, we came in here when they were freshmen in high school, right? And so to see them now growing up, becoming, uh, becoming sen- you know, seniors and then about to graduate and then uh, going into college and whatever's next for them, it uh, fills me with a lot of joy, a lot of pride in you guys. I'm, I'm proud of you like middle schoolers I'm proud of you too I'm proud of you I am I am I know I know I brought up some seniors but I'm proud of you guys too and here and then here's a challenge right they're graduating they're gonna be gone right this time next year it's all of you guys right you're the future of the youth group right and so it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see how things go with that I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing you guys grow up as well um because that's what youth ministry is right like we we have we have these these young people we train them up and then they become adults and they go into the world and they're our future leaders in this church and and that's that's why we do youth ministry. Um, I want to share a story with you. Um, I think it's, I think it's the next slide. I'm not sure. You can go and put up. It's uh okay. Well, we'll do this one first. Okay. All right. So I get it, Luke. I get it. Youth and children's ministry is important, but how can I get involved? All right. Um, do something, volunteer, right? Like it, it may not be here at this church. Maybe you sign up for like, I don't know, big brother, big sister, right? Or you, you sign up for some other program where you can have an opportunity to be involved in young people's lives. Uh, maybe it is here, right? Maybe you're like, you know what, honestly, I think this is great and I'm glad somebody's doing it, but I just, that's not for me, right? Working with young people, excuse me, is not something that I am passionate about. And that's okay. There's other things you can do. Sorry. Um, I'm sure that like Steve and Leah would love to have you guys help set up stuff for children's church, right? For children's ministry. Uh, We have to 
take stuff upstairs every single week and set up. We have to clean up afterwards, right? So I'm sure they would love to have some help with that. I know I'll speak for myself with youth ministry. You may not want to be a youth leader and lead a small group or anything like that. And maybe you do. If that's that case, come see me. (laughs) Like, I would love to talk to you. But maybe you can sign up to help bring food one week, right? We feed them every single week when they come. We feed them good food and then we feed them the word too, right? But like, Feeding them every single week. I know Nicole and I, sometimes it's like, man, it's a lot, right? We have to constantly feed them. So maybe you want to volunteer for that. We did some of that uh, when Nicole and I were in the middle of uh, having that little girl back there that she's holding right now. So you guys helped out a lot during that time, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, so volunteer. Some of you, right, maybe you need to go back and hold a baby from time to time in the nursery, and you need to talk about signing up for that. Some of you might want to help out with the children's ministry. And if you haven't done it before, like now's the time. Like come talk to Leah, come talk to me, talk to Steve, talk to one of us and and tell them that you're interested in being involved. Um, So I think we can all get involved in some way, even if it's not actually like working directly with the young people. Uh, The second thing we can do is we can give, right? Uh, I think, you know, when it comes to giving, one thing that I'm so thankful for that I'm going to tell you guys is, uh, for Elemental, I put out like just one little message on Slack and I said, hey, we got a couple of students who uh, want to go to Elemental but need a little bit of financial assistance with it. And you guys responded, guys, like, I mean, like that, right? Like within a day, everybody that needed assistance was paid for, right? And that's you guys. And, I, and like me giving you this challenge right now is not to be like, you guys need to give more. It's saying thank you for giving the way that you do. Thank you for investing in these young people the way that you have. Um, and, and, and just keep doing that, right? Keep investing in them um, and giving. And then three, pray for them, right? Uh, but when I, when I list pray there, it doesn't necessarily just mean pray for them. It also means let them pray for you. We're going to do that actually here in a second, okay? But let them be involved in leading right now because, yes, they are students. And, and what, what Devin said, I didn't even have to say this. This was part of what I was going to say here at the end. They don't have a junior version of the Holy Spirit, right? They have the same Holy Spirit in them that Josh and Leah do, right, that any of us do. And so they are fully capable of being involved in ministry just the way that we are. Uh, one of the vineyard principles that we have is everybody gets to play, right? So these young people, they get to be involved in serving in ministry and let them pray for you. Let them minister to you. Um, ask them for prayer sometimes, right? Ask them what you can pray for them for, but then ask them to pray for you. And you might be surprised how that goes. It might be a little awkward, but it's okay. They're going to, they're, they're, I promise you, they're fully capable of saying a prayer for you. Uh, and then four, encourage them right? I want you guys to, uh, to, when you see something happening, like, tell, let them know, like, you did such a good job with that. You know, I just, or I just see so much joy in you. And like, those encouraging words means a lot to these young people. And, and try to encourage them um, when you see them around, around church as well. So those are four application points, four, like, action things that we can do. I do want to tell a quick story. Um, and, and this just kind of sums it up for me why this is so important. This guy here, uh, this is Aaron, and you can see he's got like Christmas ornaments in his beard, right? Uh, He has been doing youth ministry. He works for Youth for Christ in Greensboro, and he has been doing youth ministry since before I was in in middle school. I was in elementary school when he started doing youth ministry. I think I was in his second or third 
year of doing youth ministry. So uh, that was a long time ago. Um, so he has, he's been doing youth ministry for almost 30 years, guys. This guy has been so faithful to the Lord's calling in his life. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, like Aaron, I would not be doing student ministry right now if it wasn't for this guy. I would not. Like I can promise you, he had such a huge impact in my life and so such a huge impact on my calling and what I was supposed to be doing right? So if it wasn't for this man right here and his devotion to what the Lord had called him to do, then I don't think I ever would have been doing this. I really don't. So that's why youth ministry is important. Let me show you this next picture as well. This is Peter. Peter's been doing youth ministry for a little over five years, about, about I think about six years now. Uh, he is either 29 or 30, right in that range. And uh, Peter, I'll tell you a little bit about him. He was one of those people that was right at the edge of before 18. He was 17 years old, I think, 16, 17 years old. He came to the summer camp that I worked at, right? And the only reason he came, uh, Karis kind of talked about this earlier, is because he had a crush on a girl that was going, right? And she invited him to come to summer camp with her youth group. And he goes to summer camp. Never really been to church before in his life. Never really been involved in church. And he shows up to summer camp. And I had the opportunity to pray with Peter to accept Jesus into his life and to start a relationship with him, right? Now, Peter, as you can see there in that picture, kind of on the right side of the screen, uh, he's a youth pastor, and he leads a youth group that has like 200 kids every single week come to it, right? How cool is that, guys? Like, and I don't, and I don't say this to like, you know, say, hey, look at me, I did this. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is youth ministry is generational. Had Aaron not poured his life into me, I would probably have never worked at the Master's Inn summer camp. And then Peter would not have had the opportunity to pray to accept Jesus. Maybe he would have still, who knows? But like God used Aaron, God used me, and God, and, and God used Aaron to influence me, and then God used me to influence Peter, and God's using Peter to influence hundreds of kids every single week, right? That's so cool. Like, that's, like we get to be a part of something that amazing.